people make a split decision whether or not they're going to give attention. You know, if it's something that's broad and they've heard it 15 different times, well, it's a lot harder to cut through the noise versus, hey, this is really specific. Because the, the first real kind of key is grabbing that piece of initial attention online. Welcome to the Apartment Investing Journey, where we explore every facet of multifamily investing and development with top investors, brokers, and service providers who share their strategies, successes, and secrets to help you on your apartment investing journey. Hey guys, David Robinson here. Welcome to the Apartment Investing Journey. Excited for another great episode for you today. I've got a guest that uh, I believe will bring some value to your business as it relates to connecting with passive investors and raising equity for your next deal. Uh, and so, Yakov Smart, welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming on. Hey, thank you for having me, David. Yeah, my pleasure. So, Yakov is considered to be one of the leading experts when it comes to attracting high net worth investors and raising capital using LinkedIn specifically. He's the author of Disrupting LinkedIn and a sought-after authority by top business owners and sales leaders worldwide. He has shared the stage with Samantha DiBianchi of Bravo's hit TV show, Million Dollar Listing, and has been a guest on numerous media outlets. So, Yakov, very brief bio for you there, but if you don't mind, maybe let's back up and let's talk a little bit about your journey you know, what you were doing before you got into this focus on LinkedIn and training and coaching and educating, you know, investors on how to connect with other passive investors for their deals. But maybe back up and just tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, for sure. So I've always had an interest in online marketing and using the digital space to build relationships. You know, I grew up in the generation where we started on social media. I've been on social media since I was in eighth grade. I was on MySpace, if you remember yeah. that, what that was all about. So I was using social media back then, kind of evolved. And then when I was a college student, I started my first dabble in online business. I wrote an ebook about college success, was doing some podcasts, doing some other cool stuff. And that translated over. I was living in Vegas at the time. I was working a sales job and, you know, I coincidentally discovered LinkedIn as a lead generation platform. And then I would go out and meet local business owners. And they were interested in learning about how to use LinkedIn to actually generate leads because they were used to at the time, this was in 2015 or 2016, they were used to using LinkedIn strictly as a resume platform. That wasn't the context that I was using. And I like to say, I discovered a new way of using LinkedIn. So that became my core focus, you know, took that into the business and, you know, was working with various different niches of business owners, showing them some of these lead generation strategies. And then, you know, I built that up. I was doing a lot of in-person events, seminars, that type of thing. And then when COVID hit right around that time, actually right before, big guy in the um, multifamily space, a lot of you have heard of him, Michael Blanc reached out to me. He was intrigued at the idea of using LinkedIn to raise capital. A couple other players in that space were as well. So we did some projects and that's where I kind of molded the systems that I had been using into the raising capital space where today, you know, a lot of the people we work with, a lot of our students are doing syndications, they're raising money from passive investors. That's kind of how it came about. Interesting. Okay. So it didn't necessarily start with raising equity. Would you say it was uh, more broad at that point in time when you first got started and started to develop your business model and your education? Was it more just around yeah. LinkedIn for business to business type contact? Yeah, it was more general LinkedIn lead generation, establishing credibility, that type of thing. Yep. 
Okay. And so you've done a very good job of really refining your offering and your target audience and really niching down. And so first off, I'd like to just talk about your overall marketing strategy, because I think we can learn from what you've done in really narrowing down your target audience. And then I would like to talk about some tactics and strategies that you're actively teaching uh, multifamily investors and operators and syndicators to help them raise equity. So if we can, let's start with your business. I'm interested in your business and this process of sort of narrowing your focus into this little more niche and what that's done for your business and how you went about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of, I really took that route right when COVID hit because I was doing these in-person events that kind of went away. So I had that moment during the headlights moment, like I need to do something different and I saw the opportunity and I saw, you know, there were a lot of low hanging fruits. So I was always terrified to niche because, you know, coming from, hey, there's so many people out there, but really the power of niching, this applies to people who are raising money too, which is really interesting. You know, let's say I have a lot of people who come to our program, like, hey, we want people who have a net worth of a million dollars. That's our perfect investor, doctor, lawyer. Like, really? Is that really your perfect investor? Because I'd be willing to bet you want someone who can relate to you and you can relate to, right? So Mm. inside of our program, we call these streams of commonality. So let's say you and I, for example, let's say I'm a potential investor for you. Hey, you live in the Phoenix, Scottsdale, not the Phoenix, Scottsdale, but Phoenix area. You know, I live in the Phoenix area. Boom. Stream of commonality. We probably know a lot of the same people online. We probably maybe even listen to some of the same podcasts or in some of the same circles. Boom. Another stream of commonality, right? You know, probably in the same age range, another stream of commonality. I don't know what your background was before raising money, but if it was a sales marketing type of background, boom, another stream of commonality, right? So the more defined we can be, the easier it is to establish that trust and that rapport and that credibility. There's a lot of different angles. We call them angles for finding investors. So it's really interesting because let's say you have Let's say you have a, I'll just use a really easy example, a blog post you go and write or someone writes for you. Um, let's say it's called three ways to generate passive income by investing in real estate. We'll just go really general, right? Now, if we change that title to three ways any airline pilot can generate passive income and have more freedom by investing in real estate, same content, different headline, different angle, so much more effective, you're going to get more people interested and engaged. Same piece of content. Right. So it's really, you know, it's a way to kind of hack this whole marketing thing that a lot of people don't enjoy that can be feel like a puzzle and a challenge sometimes to, you know, get there faster and have something really defined and specific to where someone says, this is for me. So in doing that with the raising capital, I call them the raising capital folks, but this whole product line of LinkedIn Capital Raising Accelerator. You know, everything was hyper-targeted, one specific challenge, right? Well, not one, there there were a few, just like when it comes to investors, you know, the airline pilot may have different challenges or different needs for passive income than the doctor, right? Or than the guy who's already investing in crypto and now he wants to get into the hottest real estate deal. It's three different people, right? They value different things. So you can really identify those challenges when you're marketing, when you're creating a message for those folks. And then having an offer that makes sense for them, right? It makes sense for those folks, depending on you know their communication style, depending on what they're most going to resonate with, right? And another thing is age. You know, we look at demographics, psychographics. So if you're if most of your investors are baby boomers, it's a little different than if you're looking for Gen Xers who have done very well. Maybe you're entrepreneurs or in Silicon Valley. It's a different approach when it comes to finding passive investors. So yeah, I found that to be easier 
I found that's also opened up a lot more doors quicker because it's like, ah, this is for me because people make a split decision whether or not they're going to give attention, right? You know, if it's something that's broad and they've heard it 15 different times, well, it's a lot harder to cut through the noise versus, hey, this is really specific because the, the, the first real kind of key is grabbing that piece of initial attention online when it comes mm. to targeting investors, when it comes to targeting anyone. So the, I, think, I think that's been really, really valuable. And yeah, that product line has done really well. And the, the system, which we'll, I know we're going to talk about, is really simple, yet it's really, really powerful. You know, we have people getting great results all the time. And the big thing is, you know, LinkedIn is this place where when it comes to finding passive investors... And raising private money, you know, it's still a gold mine and it's still relatively, in my experience, been untapped. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And thanks for walking us through that concept of sort of niching down and, and figuring out, you know, your target market and how to cut through all the noise that's out there. Uh, you reference, you know, your system and, and your process that you've, uh, you know, refined and, and built a framework around. If you can, let's just dive into that. Uh, tell us a little bit about what that looks like and uh, some of the steps involved, some of the process involved. Yeah, for sure. So the very first thing is what we were just talking about is targeting, right? So LinkedIn allows you to build a hyper-targeted list of potential investors. You can do this within a matter of minutes. So you know, you think about, and I don't like to use the word avatar because I think it's a little overblown, but if you think of like a perfect type of investor for you and based on what you have in common. So for example, one of our clients doing syndications and he's a veteran, right? So he was in the, in the army. So that's one stream of commonality. Boom. You know, these people see that he's in the army. They were in the army. Instant connection. Now he's not just a dude online. He's a dude who was also in the military, right? He was also from the Midwest, for example, right? Okay, boom. They're from the Midwest. Or they moved here from the Midwest. And he's in the same place as them from the Midwest. Boom. Another stream of commonality. Hey, they live in the same city, same region. Boom. He's a Let's say he was a New Yorker. Oh, I'm a New Yorker. Okay, stream of commonality, right? So it lowers that resistance and it makes things, it makes the door easier to open up, right? So that targeting, what it allows you to do is to ask LinkedIn, basically put in a query and say, hey, LinkedIn, here's the types of people I'm looking for, right? And you want an overlap. You want an overlap of, you know, we talk about demographics, right? But also what their interests are, right? Right. So you can target by interest. You know, there's people in different groups about different types of investing or alternative investments or passive investing. You can pull up these lists and find them on LinkedIn because these are people who, you know, behavior wise already have some sort of interest in investing. So it all starts with building a list. And I think any good direct marketing starts with building a hyper targeted list. Second piece is establishing that authority piece, right? Establishing credibility. And this is something we could literally spend hours on, but we're, I'll give you kind of the most important concepts. LinkedIn profile, best way to do that, right? Contrary to popular belief, you don't need to have a resume. It doesn't need to be fancy written, right? Unless your audience is very, very like bougie. Well, so we'll say that way, unless they're, you know, college professors, right? Then maybe use bigger words. But in most cases, you know, you've got the typical CEO, business guy, make it easy to understand. You've got to hook their attention. And rather than talking about lucrative returns, which is interesting, right? Everyone wants that, but, you know, everyone's promising that people have been burned before. What if you could take their objections and answer them in your profile, right? What if, because now you separate yourself. Now you're not just another dude trying to you know, take their money, essentially. You're someone who gets that, hey, you know, there's risk involved. Here's how you mitigate risk. You know, here's how you make their life easy. Here's how you communicate, right? So that they know that out of the gate. So it's not a lingering objection that somehow holds them back, right? So that's a really, really big thing. Next piece is going out there and building those relationships, right? And so building, I call it establishing trust through messaging, right? 
So other than the profile, you've got content you could be posting, which by the way, isn't as necessary as people think. If you mm -hmm. want to go and create original content, great, more power to you. It definitely won't hurt, but not, you know, going out there and either hiring a company or going out there and, you know, just reposting generic stuff doesn't really get you anywhere, right? Because mm -hmm. people can tell it's not you. There's no personality. There's no originality. So like if you're just putting up random quotes or like, you know, sharing a Wall Street Journal article, they can Google that stuff. You know, it mm -hmm. doesn't really add value because you want content to add visibility and credibility, right? If it's not doing both, you're actually better off not posting. But the direct messaging is really where the power comes in on LinkedIn because we can take people from this list Start the conversation. It's just like this a huge trade show or networking event. Start the conversation to where they say, okay, I'm interested. Let's book a call, right? Because mm -hmm. all you're doing, you're not, you're not wanting them to send you a check or wire you money on LinkedIn. You're wanting them to say, you know what? I'm interested. This seems interesting. I'm curious. I want to learn more. Let's chat, right? Or to opt into you know, one of your giveaways, right? So that's the purpose of the direct messaging. And what's cool about this process is you can automate a lot of that too, so that you're not having to sit there and push buttons all day because we don't want to do mm -hmm. that. And then the other couple of pieces are, you know, integrating it. So being able to delegate this. So the day-to-day -day management, once you have the automation, you can have a VA, you know, 10, 15 minutes, virtual assistant or an admin person. And all, all that needs to be done is canned responses to people who are interested in engaging. If someone's not engaging, let the automation follow up. And if they don't engage, great. You know, there's millions of people on LinkedIn, right? So that's really key is having it be a system that runs without you. That's important because if you don't have that, it creates a big bottleneck, right? And then the final piece is, you know, how do you integrate that with your raises, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, let's say you're doing three or four raises a year. Maybe you don't have a deal coming up in the next few weeks, I would still get started on building that investor list now, right? Because you know people need a little time. They'll have the conversation. They'll join your investor club, and now you know they're deal ready. Well, you may not have a deal in two months, but you've got a time a chance to continue to build those touch points, build that value, and build that credibility. So, yeah, it's something that you know once you build it, it takes some initial setup, it takes some strategy, some infrastructure. But once you build it, the name of the game is to have a system in place for consistently adding investors. So it's easier to raise money and fund your deals. Yeah, love it. So the the framework is I got it is uh, first targeting and building out the list inside of LinkedIn. Number two, establishing authority with the profile, keeping it simple, not overdoing it. You know, you offered a suggestion of even answering some of your you know key objections from your target audience inside of the profile, and and really just trying to add value through the profile, uh, establishing trust, and, and you specifically identify messaging as being the critical component to that direct messaging is sort of where it all starts. It, it sounds like uh, delegation and automation and then integrating into your business. So I want to touch on this, uh, this, you know, direct messaging, right? So it sounds like that's the, the main way for your, your students, we'll call them the buy your course or learn about your framework would go about connecting with potential investors. My experience on LinkedIn is one of, you know, I'm sure very common uh, across the board is LinkedIn connections all over the place, direct messages happening, and you almost just ignore them all, right? So what kind of ideas or, or concepts or strategies do you find that are working well to break through that noise 
but not have to be the one that's automate or that's, uh, you know, messaging a, a very unique message to that individual person every single time, but also trying to not, you know, kill the relationship from the beginning by sounding too broad and too generic. Do you understand the question that I'm asking? I'm not Absolutely. sure if I asked it correctly, but. Yep. Got it. Yeah. So it starts with being specific, like you said, right. And adding value and good automation is like good plastic surgery, right? So it, the, if you see bad plastic surgery, you know, you're seeing it, right. If good plastic surgery, you can't tell. That's how automation is, right? It's automated, but you shouldn't be able to tell that it's automated, right? Automated yet personalized. So there's three ways to do it. Okay. And three ways to add value through direct messages and pretty much anything you can say in message, it needs to fall into one of these three categories, right? Number one is as simple as it sounds, ask a question, right? So make a statement, ask a question, open-ended question, kind of gauging the person's level of interest or their level of exposure to passive investing, right? That's really key because you're not pitching anything, you're not offering, but you're gauging kind of their their level of awareness and education, right? Because if they don't know what passive investing is, that you start talking about why apartments be, you know, this type of deal, they're not there yet, right? Mm. Versus if they know what passive investing is, now you can share, you know, why your opportunities are, are better and, you know, what you have specifically that's unique. So it's kind of testing the water. So one way to add value is acknowledging them, asking a question to kind of gauge their interest first, okay? Second way to add value is calling out a challenge, right? Calling out a problem. So if you know, for example, airline pilots, let's just say, you know, they're working a lot, they'd like to make passive income, but they're investing in the stock market and that ain't happening for them, right? So if you can call that out very specifically in a message without being too blunt or harsh, but just like, you know, asking if they resonate with it, now you've got someone's attention. They're going to say, oh, well, I have that issue. Okay, what you got, right? And then the third way is to offer like, a, you know, we call it a lead magnet or something of value, something they can opt into, right? A free report, article, video, webinar, something like that, that educates them. But the key thing about that is it can't just be any general like thing. It's got to have a really juicy headline where that again has perceived value. Okay. I'm going to take 10 seconds of my time, or I'm going to take a few minutes and watch this or you know, receive it because it's for me. So it needs to feel like it's for them. And yeah, sure. Some people may never respond and that's okay because there's some strength in numbers or some strength of being specific, but the people that do respond, you want people to be very clear that they're getting value and you want to know exactly what kind of where they stand. So you can transition that conversation into a qualified investor lead. You also don't want to spend a lot of time talking to people who don't have the means to invest with you. That's just the nature of the beast. I know different people have different minimums. I know some people absolutely require accredited investors. So you want to weed those people out with your messaging too. Yeah. Love it. Great tips. So I'm curious, what are the biggest mistakes that you see operators, investors, capital raisers, private equity folk that are using LinkedIn as a way to connect with investors? What are the, the major, hey, just don't do this. This isn't working. Uh, you know, the biggest mistakes that are made. Yeah. Well, the first one is doing nothing. I think that's that's the first big mistake. I mean, in most cases, something is better than nothing, right? So second mistake is they're being random and all over the place. They don't really have a strategy. Maybe they'll post once in a while and be like, oh, no. I didn't raise any money. What do you mean? You know, I posted this week and it's not just quite, it's not that sporadic approach. It needs to be more intentional, right? So having that intention, reverse engineering the result. And then a lot of people's messaging is really generic or it's just about them without giving any value to the investors. You also see people 
who, you know, just throw deals out there. They kind of post and pray like, Hey, we've got this raise. If they're doing a 506 C let's see if anyone clicks on it. Again, it's very sporadic. It's not intentional. When it comes to the direct messaging, people that try it, sometimes they sound too canned or they're pitching right out of the gate. They're not establishing a relationship. Definitely a turnoff. And then another one is not being specific enough in their targeting, right? Or just kind of, you know, being too vague with their offer and the value that they're offering. So those are all like some of the big things that I see. And then the other one is people who, you know, don't have the, I'll call it the courage or, you know, the self-awareness to face because there's a probability that someone will say, no, thank you. Or no, I'm not interested to reject you. And sometimes what people do is they, oh, I'll just post stuff, you know, all day long. Well, it's not as intentional. It's not going to move the needle as quickly, right? So, you know, the best way to get a message delivered is directly. And you can do that through automation. And then that's another mistake. People don't use automation. People try to do stuff manually or, you know, they, they'll spend hours, you know, thinking about what to post or what to say and, you know, not really coming up with anything good. So these are all things that take a lot of energy and bandwidth and definitely things that should be avoided. And maybe to dive into more of like a tactical granular concept here, but as it relates to the targeting, you mentioned that being one of the critical components is, you know, uh, trying to get narrow, but not too narrow. Yeah. As you're trying to identify that target audience, is there a certain number that, uh, that you should try to get to, whether that be small or large, that's optimal to keep the message as it is automated on topic and relevant while also not making it so small that uh, you're not really getting any scale with the automation? Well, there's, you know, the number I usually recommend is 1,000 to 2,000 people per mm. list. Okay. If you're doing 50 to 100 a day, then, you know, you can, you can cover that in a reasonable amount of time. So, but there is no, you know, there's no limit to how many people, because just because you have one list doesn't mean you can't go and build another one. Just because you have airline pilots doesn't mean you can't do CEOs of, you know, let's say Fortune 5,000 companies, right? right. So, so you can have multiple lists. The scale is just making sure that the system is running in the background. That's that's the scalable piece, making sure that it's ongoing, that it's running, that type of thing. And you never really run out of people because there's millions on LinkedIn. So the flip side, though, I mean, if you're not being specific enough with your list, you're just like, if you have a list of like 47,000 people, the automation, first of all, won't work with it. So, but you've got a narrow you know, between one and 2000 per list. That's what I recommend. Yeah. And are there any reason, I mean, uh, you know, LinkedIn is continually evolving as not just a, you know, a, a business card platform, but more of a social network and they're refining their algorithms all the time. Are there any recent changes that we should be aware of that we need to avoid or should be leveraging to get the most out of LinkedIn? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things video marketing has really come onto the scene, you know, video is doing very, very well. I would say LinkedIn live has, you know, really become more prevalent. We've seen more activities in LinkedIn groups, which is pretty cool too. Mm. You know, LinkedIn. So with, it's interesting because there's a connection request thing where, you know, you used to be able to send, I don't even know, 150 a day. Now, you know, there is like this subjective limit. No one really knows what the number is, but after a certain point, LinkedIn says, okay, you've reached your connection request limit for the week, right? Mm. And so that's a, a big thing. You know, that's a big adjustment to make. And some ways to combat that are, you know, importing a list from other sources or, you know, combining it with email marketing, right? 
or you know, using something called InMail for open profiles. So if people have open profiles, you can still message them directly. Or if you're in a group, if you and I are in a group, you can message me without being connected, right? And mm. it's the same, pretty much the same messaging. We, we don't have to connect first and we can always connect later, right? Because what is a connection on LinkedIn? It's like, oh, it's like us being friends on Facebook, right? Not really, you know, if I send you a message of something you're interested in, something of value on Facebook, we're not friends, but like, oh man, this is something I want, I want to check it out. We don't have to be friends first. We can be friends after that, right? So that's, it's slightly different, but I think they're really gearing. They've made it more of a social platform. They've made it more of a, you know, kind of, there's a lot more conversations happening. Uh, I think LinkedIn is really focused there. They're modeling and emulating a lot of what Facebook and Instagram have done. They've got LinkedIn stories. So they're really rewarding content creators. They're really rewarding socializing. And I, I would say for people too, not to go down that rabbit hole too much. I would say still focus on, okay, if you're going to use it for lead generation, use it for lead generation. You don't need to spend a ton of time there. I always tell people 15, 20 minutes a day max. Like don't let it suck up your time. Yeah. Love it. Great, great ideas. Great, uh, great strategies. Thank you. Well, uh, Yakov, I want to start a winding down here. Is there anything that uh, we should cover that I haven't asked you about yet as it relates to using LinkedIn to connect with potential investors? Well, I think it's this is something that's also worth giving some thought, especially to those people who are a little more advanced syndicators or maybe they've already done their first raise. You have to look at what infrastructure you have online, or you have to look at, okay, if someone Googles you or checks out your website, what do you have that continues to establish your trust or credibility? Because you don't want to go through the trouble of creating a lead generation system where you don't have other ways to reinforce it. So just kind of be thinking about LinkedIn as that front end to this machine that you're building or this system that you're creating for taking someone who from complete stranger online to wiring you money. And that's, you know, think, don't forget the big picture. That's what I want to say there. Yeah. Love it. Great final tip. Well, Yaakov, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you, learn more about your business and your services and, and your education platform? Yeah, for sure. Best way they can connect with me on LinkedIn, Yaakov Smart, really easy to find. And then if you check out linkedleads.us forward slash RC webinar, they can check out one of our free trainings um, and they'll get some visuals, some of the stuff we talked about. We go a little deeper on some things as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Yaakov, I appreciate the insight, uh, breaking down sort of your methodology and your framework for connecting with investors on LinkedIn. I I appreciate you taking the time with us and I, I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hey, before you go, if you and I haven't connected yet, please head on over to canovocapital.com. You can join our investor network or download our free passive investors guide to multifamily syndications. Either way, I'd love to connect with you personally. Also, I just want to thank you for listening to the show and providing feedback and reviews. If you haven't already, please, please, please take a second and leave us a rating and written review. This helps us to be found by new listeners and helps us attract great guests in the future. Thanks again for listening to the show and I hope you have a great day.